The Bible says to encourage one another and build one another up. That is why this podcast exists. Welcome to Real Life with Lynn, where you will find stories about applying scripture to life, whether it's over something big, small, or something in the gray area. I hope you will join me on the journey, find some encouragement in Jesus, and share it with someone you know. Welcome to episode 11 of Real Life with Lynn. And as always, I'm your host, Lynn. And today I want to start with a confession. I confess that I watch some, not all, but some medical dramas. And if you've ever seen one, and even if you haven't, I hope you can follow the story I'm about to tell. Imagine someone is in a car accident. Ambulance goes to the scene, picks him up, puts him in the back, doing CPR because suddenly they realize they can't breathe. (laughs) And they're panicked, they're rushing them into, they go through the sliding glass doors of an ER, run into the doctors. And the doctor's not getting a pulse, there's no heartbeat, no breathing, anything going on really. And the doctor grabs these paddles and yells at a nurse to put him up to a certain electrical charge. And suddenly you hear a doctor yell, clear! They stick the paddles on this person's chest and an electrical charge goes out and the person jolts. And the hope is that the jolt, the electrical charge, will wake them up. Today, I hope this episode is like those paddles and like the electrical charge, because I know what I am about to share with you is definitely an electrical charge and a jolt for me spiritually. Timely reminders can serve as an electrical charge to wake us up and help us remember something in particular. I hope that as you're listening, you will open up your heart, open up your mind, and take a deep breath with me. And just listen to what God may want to share with you because I know these things are important to me and I hope that God uses them in your life. So if you don't mind, we're just going to dive right into it. And we're going to start in the least likely place you could imagine, the book of Revelation. I know, I know. Go ahead, joke, laugh all you want. But the book of Revelation does have some neat things to say. But we're going to start there. We're going to be in Revelation chapter 2. And we're looking at verses 2 through 5. And I'm just going to read them out to you and share with you what God shared with me in the hopes that he speaks to you. I know your works your toil and your patient endurance and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen and do the works you did at first. For basic context, this is the beginning of a letter that is being written to a church. It's being written to Christians. It's being written to people that God has noticed have been serving him well. And he is telling them, I see you. I see the work you're doing. I know that you are enduring well for the faith. Yet, I have one thing against you, that you've abandoned the love you had at first. Hear me when I say this. Service is not bad, but sometimes as people, as human beings, and I know this is true for me, we get so caught up in doing good things. 
We get so caught up in doing the tasks, and but we forget the ministry aspect. We forget the love for the people we're serving. We forget the love for Jesus that we had because we get so bogged down in the task. We get so caught up in the doing that we often forget the love that we have for Jesus in the early days of our Christianity, and it gets lost in the work. It gets lost in the service and in the obedience and in the commandments. First Corinthians chapter 13, Paul talks about love. And oftentimes we skip to verse four, where it talks about love never fails. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes and endures. And that's, that's the passage that's commonly read at weddings, right? But there are a few verses before that where Paul points out that without love, all of the doing and the toil that we do is meaningless. He, he sets the stage for this chapter about love, reminding people that without love, our toil is in vain. Our work is for very little. Our work may be altruistic. It may be good, but without love, what are we doing? And God used this recently to challenge me to not only remember the love I had for Jesus in the beginning, but to remember the love that he helped me to have for other people and to allow that love to be at the center of how I treat others and how I even treat myself. And that's what I would put forth to you. Recall, remember the love that God pours out on you and to remember the love that he calls us to pour out on each other and to allow that to be at the core of our interactions of at the core of our words at the core of our core of our social media posts at the core of everything we do because all things we do can be done in love but we have to remember the love we had at first the second thing god has reminded me of in recent days comes from a different passage of scripture in the book of matthew and it's from a story that is all too familiar to anyone that grew up in church but i'm still going to read it and we're still going to walk through this because it's worth every moment matthew chapter 7 verses 24 through 27 everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. What's a little ironic about me reading this passage today is that actually right now I'm sitting here and there's thunder and rain happening outside. So if you hear thunder in the background of this episode, please know it's God adding it in for you. This particular passage is showing us the difference between the wise and foolish man. And what's the difference? The foundation they built on. So the second point that God has reminded me of lately is to build on the solid foundation. Not only does he call us to remember our love for him at the beginning, but he also calls us to build and to do, right? The tasks that we are doing are important. The the service, the the love, it's important. But if we are not building on a solid foundation, we will fall. No matter where you're at in your life or what job you have, what church you go to, God is calling you to build your life on the solid foundation and the rock of Jesus Christ himself. Love might be the core, but Jesus is the foundation upon which we build our lives and our love. God has brought you to this place in your life right now. And if you are currently building on the solid foundation and you're certain of that, praise God, continue to do so. But if your life seems to be sinking 
seems way out of control for you, consider remembering to build on the solid foundation of Jesus. Remember the love you had for him at first and build on the solid foundation, the rock. It's our calling. It's our responsibility. It's what we're about, right? The third point comes from another verse, a single verse in Isaiah. And it's a verse I've heard many times. And the first half of it will feel familiar to you. The second half may not. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The first half of that verse is often where we're taught to keep our focus. Look, I'm doing a new thing. Don't you see it? And often we read that first part and then we stop there. We don't see the second part that says, I will make a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Do you recall God's people in the book of Exodus? God's people are in Egypt enslaved and Moses comes to set the people free and, you know, let my people go. It's a familiar thing to a lot of church kids. If you read parts of Deuteronomy and Numbers, you'll see how human God's people really are. Their humanity is in full force and being shown well because they want to just get to the promised land. They want to go straight from Egypt, from slavery, from toil and and turmoil, straight to a land flowing with milk and honey, as scripture puts it, straight to the promised land. But if you look at the overall journey of it, a very small percentage of of their existence was spent in Egypt. And also a small percentage of their existence was spent in the promised land. The majority of their life was in the desert and wilderness. And the same is kind of true for us. If you think about it in terms of 100% of your life, 80% of our lives we spend in the desert and wilderness. The majority of our life is spent in the daily routine work of learning more about God, learning more about ourselves, learning to trust God. Most of us are in that 80%. Most of us are in a desert or a wilderness. Even if life is going well, there are still cruddy things going on in the world right now around us. There are not only cruddy, but negative, selfish things that are happening around us that are contrary to God, contrary to our belief system. What do we do? I love this phrase as cheesy as it may sound to some. We are Easter people living in a good Friday world. That's an interesting way to put it because we really are Easter people. We are people who our Savior is risen. Jesus is out of the tomb. The tomb is empty. The stone is rolled away. However you want to phrase it, Jesus is alive. And he has made a way for us to be with him for eternity. But the world is often in the Good Friday mode. The world is dark, dismal, negative, lots of bad things going on. So what do we do? That third point that God reminded me of is we must believe. We must believe God will provide for us, that he will lead us, that he will help us, and that his promises are true and hold on to the hope that he has given us. How do we do that? Well, as Christians, we must believe that if the tomb is empty, if if you if you are sitting here right now listening to this and you believe that the tomb is empty and Jesus is not there, then you need to believe that anything, anything is possible with God. The resurrection of Jesus gives us and brings us confidence and certainty that the good will come. And we are to live as people with that kind of hope, that kind of belief in our God. 
The kind of belief that says if the tomb is empty, anything is possible. The kind of belief that says that the resurrection gives me the confidence and certainty to know that even though right now things seem kind of cruddy in my life and things seem crazy in the world right now, that I still remember the love I have for God and for other people. And I allow that love to be at the center and the core of what my being is, that I'm still building on that foundation of Jesus and that I'm still believing that God will help us. That God will provide for my family. I still believe that his promises to me are completely and utterly true. Do you feel electrified yet? (laughs) Waking you up is not my job. My job is to share what God has done for me. The waking up is up to God and up to you. God recently just opened up these verses to me and he used these verses to give me that that jolt that I personally needed in my own life. And not only an electrical jolt to give me a pulse spiritually, but also a perspective change on myself to to try to see myself through the eyes of God. And these three things, remembering the love that I have for Jesus in the beginning and just having that pure, genuine love for other people. And because the love that God pours out on me and he demonstrates to me is the same love that I pour out to others. Building on the solid foundation of, of Christ, building my belief system and my value system and my faith on something solid and real. And finally, remembering to believe that if the tomb is empty, anything is possible and God will keep every promise, every single promise he has made to me. I believe that for myself and I also believe that for you. I hope this was a good timely reminder and I have one question to leave you with. Do you believe, do you believe that God's promises to you are true? Do you believe that he will do as he said he will do? Do you believe in him? I challenge you to ask yourself that question often and to have an answer. And if you don't have an answer, find somebody that you know that you can talk to about it. And if you know the answer, but you're struggling, hold on tight. Continue to remind yourself of the hope you have in Jesus. If you can't see it right now, that's okay. I believe that God will show it to you in his time and his way. Thank you for listening. I truly hope you were able to find a nugget of encouragement or wisdom for your life today. I would love to hear what God is teaching you. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or the website. Don't forget, share what you learned today with someone you know. And also be encouraged. You're not alone on this crazy, curvy, and sometimes bumpy road I like to call real life.